Amen. Praise God. The book of Mark, the 11th chapter. Now, stand with me and walk with me in the Word. I woke up with this, this morning with the thought on my mind uh, that I don't have to know everything. That's right. I also thought that I don't, know one, I don't want to know everything. Exactly. That's probably the more important detail. Right. Um, everyone around you today, everybody that you encounter, everyone in your family, in your home, uh, everyone that you will meet here today in this place is going through something. Now, on the grand scale of life, it might be different for one or the other, but everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's got a pain in their body. Everybody's got some circumstance in their life. Everyone has a situation that they're confronting. So today, we who do not know it all, we who do not see the end from the beginning, I'm asking you to take a day off from trying to fix everybody's problems and give your opinion. Just take one day off if you could. And take a day off from trying to fix the world. Yeah. Put it in the hands of God. That's it. Bear one another's burdens. That's right. Say a kind word to someone. That's right. Be tender-hearted and forgiving. And let the Lord be glorified in your life today. Amen. Now, in the Word. Mark, the 11th chapter. In the 12th verse. Now, I'm going to read quite a few verses of Scripture, so stay with me for a moment. Let's understand. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, to the fig tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught saying unto them, Is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. We we make church what it is to be. And the disciples and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember it, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. But verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when ye stand, there was no stop in the continuation of thought here. 
And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now let me talk to you for a few moments about deeper roots. Deeper roots. Father, I love you and I thank you for your word, that it is faithful, that you are wonderful, and I pray that you would speak to us. Help our minds, Lord. Help our lives. Help our hearts, Lord, the depth of our hearts to respond to this that you might be glorified, that you would be exalted in all things. And I worship you, God, and I trust you. Anoint me and anoint this people. Thank you, Lord, for this saving work today. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. Find two people nearby and tell them something nice today. I told you a moment ago to be kind to people. Do so right now if you would. Be kind to them. sweet wonder, oh sweet wonder, Jesus the Son of God, how I love him, how I adore him, Jesus the Son of God. Sing it with me. Oh, sweet wonder, oh, sweet wonder, Jesus, the Son of God, how I love him, how I adore him, Jesus, the Son of God. Sing it one more time. Oh, sweet wonder. Oh, sweet wonder. Jesus, the Son of God. How I love Him. How I adore Him, Jesus, the Son of God. Would you thank Him for His humanity? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you know us and are touched by the feelings of our infirmities, that God, you and your humanity are moved with compassion, Lord, by what we deal with in Jesus' name. You may be seated in Jesus' name. In the grand design, in the grand design of all that was and is eternal, Jesus was now just moments, just moments away from Calvary. All that he was and all that he did had had led to this encounter with the cross for all time, for all people. He was near Jerusalem. He was near Jerusalem. I've always found this fascinating, this verse. He was near Jerusalem and told two of his disciples to go and find a colt that had never been ridden, tied in a certain place, and they were to take it and bring it to him. 
this untamed, this untamed, untried, unbroken animal would be the means by which Jesus would make his entry into this place that would ultimately lead to his death. The creator, look at this, go, in, go into the city, find a colt tied where never a man sat, never been ridden, untamed, unbroken. The creator calming the creation, the potter forming the clay. Look at this, what was going on here. How often that has been you and I. Unrestrained, stubborn, untamed, unruly, clay that resists the hands of the potter trying to create something better. But the Savior in his mercy allows us to become the means by which he displays his glory. I've always been fascinated by the fact that he rode on a colt that had never been ridden. He tamed the thing which was untamed. He uses you and I, the broken, the marred, the inconsistent, the terrible. He uses you and I to display his glory. The conduit of something greater, the, the broken vessel once again put back together so the world can see his loving and wonderful work take place. That's the nature of Christ. They put their garments on the colt, the word said, and he sat there. And those in the way before him as he entered the city spread their garments and palm branches in the way, uh, softening in sort, if you would, uh, the hard way that would be before him. It was their way. It was, it was the people's way of, of honoring him and humbling themselves. They went before him, the word said, and yet they also followed him, yeah, yeah. crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Right. It would be those voices, it would be those voices that would honor him there on that day. Do you understand this? They would be the voices that would honor him there on that day as he entered into Jerusalem. Uh, but it would be some of those same voices that would a short time later cry out, crucify him and give us Barabbas. It's still, the way of, it's still the way of the world. It's still the heart of humanity. Uh, one moment we cry out to him, only the next to cry out against him. Right. Not necessarily sometimes in words, but often in the actions of our life that we display. The conduct and the character that we have. The pattern and the path that we will follow. One moment praising him, and yet the mo- next moment putting our life in a place that is contrary. The fickle, frail nature of us all, it gets it, gets it right one day, only to find ourselves faltering the next. But just because, just because we are found unfaithful, it does not mean that he will fail, for he that is called faithful will never fail. Yeah, come on. It was the next day, and, and, and once again, now I'm, I'm talking about this entire chapter here of, of Mark 11. It was the next day, and, and once again, now he enters into Jerusalem. And the word said that he was hungry. The reason why the word said that he was hungry, it was displaying the humanity of Christ. We will never understand the divinity of Christ until we understand the humanity of Christ. I must embrace the humanity of Christ as much as I embrace the divinity. I've got to understand that he was flesh and that he has been touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Tempted in all points like we are tempted, yet without sin. And so it was the next day he entered in and he was hungry. He sees a fig tree that had 
that had leaves on it. And so he came to it looking for fruit to be found, but there was nothing but leaves on the tree. And so he cursed it. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. His disciples heard it and, and they all went their way. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter. The fig tree had no reason to survive. It had no reason to live. It had no reason to go on. It was again later that they would pass by the fig tree, and now as they passed by, they looked at the fig tree and they noticed that it was completely withered. It was gone. It was there, but the life had left it. Branches bare, life gone, its purpose for being no longer there. It was cursed to never bear fruit. When Simon Peter brought it to the attention of Jesus, Jesus immediately responded to him. His response to Simon Peter was immediately have faith in God. Look at this. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Jesus did not even address the fig tree. When Simon Peter pointed it out to him, Jesus did not even mention the fig tree. But rather, his sights became set on something greater. Something more than branches and barks, bark and, 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 and little figs and leaves. He was, looking, he was looking at the mountain that the tree was planted in. If you have faith in God, you can say to this mountain, not, not just, he was saying, if you can have faith in God, you can say to the mountain, not just the fig tree, but the mountain that it's planted in, and, and say, be thou cast into the sea, and it shall come to pass. If you don't doubt, whatever you ask for in prayer, you're going to receive it when you pray that way. That's what he was saying. Look beyond the fig tree. Look at the mountain that the fig tree's planted in. Look at the greater thing that's going on here. It was easy to see the withered fig tree. Uh, most of the time, our faith can handle the size of a fig tree. Not, not much bigger than we are. Easy to manage. Pray it down one, one piece at a time, if you would. But the mountain, the mountain that the fig tree is planted in, the thing that takes our breath away that we try to climb again and again, the problem that wearies our steps because of its steep slopes, that's another thing. Um, I, can, I can see the fig tree. I can comprehend it. I can size it up. I can pray about it. But the mountain, the mountain that I deal with continually, that's a different thing. Jesus wanted them to see the deeper issues that were at work here. He had just cleared. Now, let me go back a couple verses here. He had just cleared and cleanse the temple of money changers and, and sacrifices that could be bought by the best bidder. Um, the least paid for the best that could be had, pocket change for some. Really, it was more about convenience than it was a covenant. Wow. Look at this. Um, our convictions are revealed by our consecration, our, our covenant with God that cannot be bought. Uh, my convictions are revealed uh, through that consecration that I have. Tables were turned over and, and cast out. The way was cleared for any and all to get in. If we are not prayerful, everybody hear me right now. If we are not prayerful, uh, we can allow things to build up that get in the way of our consecration. Things that almost seem justified. Things that uh, hinder and encumber the ability of, for God to work and to move in our spirit and, and our flesh about spiritual things. It, it takes up spiritual space, tables that take up spiritual space. Uh, objects and attitudes 
that prevent us from sensing and, and seeing the presence and our own need of him and giving him the space to move and work in our life. Uh, hear this. Uh, there has to be room for God to work in your life. Everybody, whether you've been at this all your life or you're brand new, every one of us have to have the space in our life that we are preached to. That, that something can be said to us. That, that we can be taught about something. That, that we can be, anybody? Yes, that we can be dealt with. That we, be, we can be com, convicted about things in our life. That something can be said in a pulpit or, or, or understood through the reading of the word. That God, I, I need to change that in my life. I need to be different. I need to have a different attitude. I, I need to get that thing out so you can work in my life. I need to stop trying to find the cheapest way to get through this. Because can I tell you, we have that mentality in our world. Let me find, let me find the best sacrifice with the least cost. Let, let me offer to God something well, that I want to give, but I don't really want it to cost me. Come on, there are some things in God that need to cost us something. Yes. There are some things that we need to put on the altar that we recognize I've got to give that to God. That we need to be dealt with about it. Come on, if you have not been, anybody with me right now, if you have not been dealt with about some things, you need to pray and ask God, God, deal with me about some things that I am not seeing in my life. Because the more that we be comfortable with the things that keep God out, the more that we will accommodate that space in our life for them time and time again. Amen. Amen. This was all a part of the picture that was being painted here in the Word in Mark 11. Because he did not stop or change his line of conversation if you read this chapter. And I encourage you to go back and read it sometime. He didn't, he didn't stop or change his line of conversation when speaking of the mountain that needed to be moved. There was no topic that was... Uh, that was being told that, uh, that he needed to change. He, he just continued on and he said this then. And when you stand praying. Yeah, yeah. Now he had just addressed the mountain. And he just continues on speaking and he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. Right. Wait a minute. We were talking about a fig tree. Right. And then we were talking about a mountain. Yeah. And now you're talking about forgiveness? Right. When you stand praying, Forgive. If you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you did not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Uh, in another place he talked about this and, and uh, the disciples' immediate response was, Lord, increase our faith. Because this is a difficult thought now. Uh, we'll take on the fig tree and we might take on the mountain. But forgiveness? He was still talking about the fruit of the fig tree, the mountain that it was planted in, the prayers that would be prayed. And he said, when you stand praying, when you are standing there praying about that fig tree, when you are standing there praying about that mountain that the fig tree is planted in, that thing you've been dealing with for so long, that thing that you just can't get around, that hurt, that job that lets you go, that word that was said to you, that place that you drive past that reminds you of the pain that it caused in your life, the memory that floods in when you think about them, the abuse or the abandonment, the failed relationship, or maybe that sin that snares you almost every time. When you pray about that mountain, when you pray about that fig tree, that mountain, forgive. Don't just pray about the fig tree. Pray about the mountain that it just keeps growing in. 
There were deeper roots at work here. Do you see this picture that he was painting? There were deeper things at work. There were deeper roots at work here. Things beneath the surface that, that were preventing the fruit from being born. Unfruitfulness can be a result of unforgiveness. Now everybody hear me. A lot of people measure a lot of things in the church by what's going on and what we do and what we don't do. This number, that number, this person, that person. What is or is not. As pastor of this church, I want you to know how I look at how we're doing is how we're bearing fruit. Because a healthy life, a healthy church bears fruit. Um, this was all the same subject here. When Jesus was talking about the fig tree not bearing fruit and being cursed, and then the mountain that it was planted in, the thing that needed to be moved, it was unforgiveness that was at the root. We cannot become content. Please hear me, seasoned saint. We cannot become content bearing leaves but not bearing fruit. Yeah, exactly. Just existing but not thriving. Yeah. It cannot be that we grace the pew Sunday after Sunday and think that that is sufficient. And think that somehow we can, just, we can just bask in the shade of what everybody's doing. We can just come in and, and it's just going to be there and it's just going to happen and we can walk out and we don't have to worry about anything else. It, 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 because if we allow ourselves to become content, allow uh, feelings and unforgiveness and, uh, and offenses to remain in our life that gives us a, a false sense of life but no fruit being born, then we're not really dealing with, we're not really dealing with the deeper root of the problem. We're not going to the very base of the mountain. Uh, we're, we're content to pray about the fig tree, but we're not, we're not willing to go to the place to where we get that unforgiveness out of our heart. There is nothing worth going to hell over. No person, no thing in your past, whatever they said, whatever they did, whoever it is, however it is, you cannot let unforgiveness be the thing that is planted in your life that keeps you from bearing fruit. Come on, it's something that I have to pray about. Uh, it's, it's something that we all have to pray about because there's, it's impossible, the word told us, but that offenses will come. It is inevitable that there are going to be things that are said and things that are done in our life and things that have happened in our life. If, if we took a survey and started over here on the far left, Brother Trace, and went over here, uh, Brother Lucas on the right, and we talked to everybody, everybody's got something in their life that they could go back and that they could repeat and they could rehearse of where it went wrong or somebody did something or somebody said something or something happened along the way or this is what they did to my kid or that's what they did to my, my parents or me or my parents did to me. Amen. We all got something in our life that we can talk about. But can I tell you that he paid much too high a price for you and I to hold on to those things and be lost because of them. Amen. 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 We can't become satisfied every now and then to deal with the symptom, but not the source. Uh, we have to pray about the mountain. That's what he was saying here. He had just cleaned out the tables of the money changers. He had just tried to make room for, the, for what needed to be. And now he was looking at them and saying, uh, you're talking about the victory. Let me talk to you about the mountain. And let me go a little bit deeper and tell you what's at the root. The problem is unforgiveness. God does not want us to stop at the fig tree. That makes you and I think that leaves are good enough. He wants you and I to dig down to the root of the mountain and to take care of it. Yes, yes. Uh, to pray and to forgive. Yes. 
to pray and to forgive. I am not telling you, and this is where the great tension comes into play, because we, we often live in that, that space of tension right there. Uh, we, could, we, we say we forgive, uh, but we don't forget. Uh, God is perfect. He doesn't forget. He wills himself to, to not remember our sins and our iniquities, the Bible tells us. But you and I, we struggle with, we, we can't forget. We can say what happened. We can say what's been done. We can repeat it. We can rehearse it again and again and again. And because we do that, it gets in our mind and our heart and we play it on repeat. And all of a sudden we wake up one day and we wonder where the joy has gone. And, and we wonder why we're not experiencing the things in our life that we're asking God for and praying about. Could it be that we have unresolved uh, unforgiveness in our life that, that we just have not surrendered to God? Come on, life is not fair. It is difficult. Things don't always go the way that we want them to go. There are going to be problems. There's going to be difficulties. But can I tell everybody, everybody, man in the pulpit, everybody in the pew, that the grace of God is greater. You've got to let it go. You've got to lay it down. You've got to walk on. And you've got to believe just as much as he forgives you, he forgives them. Just as much as you want mercy, amen, he gives them mercy. Praise God. Amen. We have to pray. Let go of the hurt. Forgive. Forgive the wrong. Lay aside the weight of the words that were said. Uh, we're, we're okay when the Bible says to lay aside every weight, every, every weight and sin that easily that so easily beset us. We're okay to lay, about the, the sin part, but it's the weight part that we struggle with. We carry around unnecessary weights in our life that encumber and hinder our relationship with God and our onward and forward progression in Him. Go on. Because we are constantly picking up things. And, and can I, I'm going to go a little step further here. Everybody hear me on this. Don't pick up somebody else's offense. Come on. If somebody said something to you, something has been done to you, or, or somebody's been done to somebody you're, you love, or somebody you know, or your best friend, don't pick up their offense. Don't, don't carry somebody else's injustice in your life. Uh, talk to them about it. Pray with them about it and walk to the altar with them about it. Show them where they can put it, under the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to let the price that he paid at Calvary be enough and stop trying to make others pay for what they did to us. Look at this, please. The depth of our prayer can de determine the depth of our deliverance. If we are satisfied to only deal with what is seen and said on the surface, we will never be free from the hold that it has in our life. Forgive and let God move the mountain. Musicians, if you would please. Forgive and let God move the mountain. Forgive and be free from its shadow that you are constantly living in. Stop climbing up that rock that has stood in your way for too long willing to, to walk daily past the fig tree because after all, it's got leaves. It's doing a little bit of good, isn't it? It's, it's giving a little bit of shade, isn't it? Can't we just let that fig tree just, just, you know, just deal with it? It's just there. And we become comfortable with it in our life, not really realizing that the deeper root, the festering problem beneath us is ultimately robbing us of the ability for the things in our life to bear fruit in God more deeply. Pray and forgive and save yourself and others by the fruit that you will be able to bear. Look at this, last verse. Job speaking of God here. 
And he putteth forth his hand upon the rock, and he overturneth the mountains by the roots. <laughs> Let God take hold of that rock of offense. Uh, I, I recognize today that nobody would be jumping the pews and, and uh, shouting about this message. I knew coming in that it wouldn't be one of those that you'd mark down in your, in your Bible as forever remember that. But I will tell you, as I said here last Sunday, if you will apply this to your life, it will forever change your life. Yes, sir. Because the truth of the matter is, there are certain things I need to surrender to God that I hold on to. And I need to let God take hold of that rock of offense and overturn that mountain that is in my life by its roots. Right. Not just the fig tree, but the mountain. Not just the symptom, but the source. Yeah. Not just the thing that I just feel about it, but the thing that makes me feel that way. I need to put it under the blood. I need to, I need to allow him to take it and uproot it. To make, the, to make the mountains flat, to, to level the land, not, not the symptom anymore, but the source. Not just praying about it, but praying it out of my heart. Praying it out of my heart. I, I, I don't know what they said. I don't know what they did. I don't know how it was. I don't know what took place in your life. But I know this, that the goodness of God is greater. That his blood can cover a multitude of sins. That he can heal the deepest wound, the greatest injustice. He can cover it. Let God level that ground in your life. Uproot those deeper things that are robbing you of your life-giving fruit in and, and from Him. That mountain of unforgiveness that, it, that just keeps holding you hostage. Can I tell you, it's nothing to Him. He paid the ultimate, greatest, highest price. It, is no, it might seem like that thing that you cannot conquer and you cannot climb. You probably can on your own. But oh, by the goodness and the grace of God by the mercy of God, by the blood, by the name, by the word of God. Let him uproot it. Let him uproot it and let him save you. Let him heal your mind today. Let him heal your heart. Let him heal your life and be saved. Come on. Amen. Someone lift their hands right now. Oh, oh in this house, just somebody just say, God, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Come on, somebody who needs to repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives air. And somebody just say, God, I've held on to this too long. I've rehearsed it too many times. I, I've said it too many times. God, I've, I've dealt with it. I wake up and I think about it. I go to bed at night and it's there in my head. I, I, I want to just surrender it all to you. God, I uproot that mountain. Come on, somebody stand to their feet and begin to walk to this altar and say, no more, God. I'm not going to I'm not going to let it be that thing that defines me or defeats me. I'm not going to let it be that thing that keeps me from bearing fruit and being what I ultimately need to be and can be. Come on, somebody pray it today. Somebody believe it today. Somebody, somebody accept it today that God is the answer for what you're dealing with and bear fruit right now. But as they begin to sing and as we begin to make our way to this altar and we begin to pray, let it be that the Lord is glorified. Oh, God, I, I pray about this mountain, not just the fig tree today, God, not just the thing that I see the symptom, but Lord, let, it, let the source be healed. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, let it be the deeper things at work, God, that I need to just surrender to you and that you can uproot in my life, Lord, and you can turn it over and you can make the level, the land level again. Well, that's right. Give it to God. Let him heal you now. Let him heal you. Don't let it hold you hostage in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I surrender all to you, Lord. I surrender all to you, Lord. 
I surrender everything in my mind, in my heart, in my life. Every waking moment, God, that the enemy tries to steal the joy from me. I give it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, let it rise. Oh, God, my whole life an offering. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 